Eric Lamarck was the life of the party and the envy of many of the men who encountered him. A handsome French-born professional hockey player who grew up in sunny Southern California and even competed in the 1994 Winter Olympics in Norway, representing his homeland. Once the 90s came to a close, so did Lamarck's playing career. But he had no plans in giving up his passion for athletics. He loved snowboarding equally to ice hockey and had dreams of competing in the X Games one day. It was something he had to put to the side during his decade-long hockey career, though, due to coaches worried of possible injury that could hinder his time on the ice. So when his career ended, he went full speed ahead into embarking on this new journey. Mammoth Mountain is the California destination for avid snowboarders, and Eric decided he needed to be there so he found a way to trade skate lessons for a condo right nearby. Eric Lamarck partied a little too hard, though, and held a dark secret from friends when he wasn't snowboarding fresh powder with them. As Eric put it during interviews opening up about his struggles, he was addicted to another form of powder away from the mountain, crystal meth. He was regularly self-medicating with the illicit substance in a lethal combination alongside marijuana and alcohol. One winter day on February 5th of 2004, Lamarck spent what had become a typical day for him at the time. He played a game of pickup hockey with some guys he knew, went back to his place, and dug into a survival book he'd been reading, followed by indulging in his bad habit. The following day was forecasted to be one of heavy snowfall, so after getting high, he passed out and planned on hitting the mountain as the sun came up. The next day came, and his body felt off from the drug use. He planned on getting up early, but it was already approaching noon when he woke up to the sounds of guys he probably knew from the area shouting with joy as they skied the intense Mammoth Mountain. The cheers didn't make him smile, though. He felt anger. Angry at himself for letting drugs slow him down from his original earlier plans, and angry that he wasn't there with them, enjoying such a great life experience at that moment. Eric was usually the type of guy who was well prepared for a day of heavy snowfall when riding. But eager to get the day started, he put on his ski gear, grabbed his iPod, and headed out. His everyday survival tools would normally include a two-way radio and a torch lighter, among other items, but he decided to go without them for once. No harm in not lugging that stuff this one time, he figured, right? As he stepped foot outside of his door and felt those first crunches of the snow underneath his boots, it was evident that this was an even more epic snow day than I anticipated for the avid border. It had snowed 12 feet, and ski police were starting to patrol areas of the mountain. As a highly skilled and, some would say, cocky athlete, though, Eric shrugged off officials as he moved to his usual area to snowboard what was now closed off. They told him what was going on, but Eric made it clear that he was still going to go. With a novice skier or snowboarder, they would probably use any force necessary to get them off the mountain but they didn't put up much of a fight with Eric and let him know he'd be on his own. 
Within minutes of the exchange, he shot down the mountain with no fear of the possible dangers ahead. As the downhill ride progressed, the reality of what was coming was quickly present as the former hockey pro was now stuck in snow up to his thighs. Things would get rougher though as the storm continued to rage on by the minute. The short afternoon expedition was now proving to be a longer journey than intended as the sun went down and Lamarck was on his own to battle the tumultuous snowfall in the darkness. Getting back to a place of shelter was a much, much longer trek than ever anticipated, and the possibility of sleeping overnight in the extreme conditions was becoming inevitable. Beyond what would be an incredibly challenging scenario under more prepared circumstances compounded, not only was Eric low on gear, but he was dressed for what he thought would be a couple of hours on the mountain. Purposely feeling that it would help his maneuverability, he donned a thinner wool hat, thinner gloves, and smaller goggles as well. He even pulled shells out of his winter jacket. His mind rewinded back to that survival book he skimmed back in his room the night prior and vaguely recalled some of the instructions on making basic shelter in the snow. He executed what he could remember, and though it was primitive at best, it would do for the night. Falling asleep under extreme weather proved to be near impossible as his mind raced. Another challenge was on the horizon beyond the current conditions, however, as the sounds of animals became clear. Mammoth Mountain is home to deadly bears and coyotes, and now Eric even thought he saw a wolf approaching the area. As it got closer, he could now see that it was a prairie coyote. This canine could weigh up to nearly 50 pounds, and as it sniffed Eric, he felt his life was likely now at stake. His instinct was that he needed to attack, and so he lifted his snowboard over his head, shouted, and swiftly hit the coyote right on the nose with the board. His adrenaline raced, and after the encounter, it was impossible to get any rest. The next day, Eric's mother became very worried, hearing nothing from Eric and soon learning that his condo had no sign of him. She contacted his friends in the area, but they laughed off the whole situation. Eric was a hard partier, an adventure seeker, single, and a ladies' man. Leaving town for a few days to go off on some escapade was nothing out of the ordinary for their friend, they felt. Meanwhile, on the mountain, with Eric taking further heed from the survival book he'd read, had the idea that it was in his best interest to follow the stream that he heard. It was coming from a beautiful destination on the mountain known as Rainbow Falls. This also finally gave him a fresh supply of water to stay hydrated from. Eric in such a dire situation was now questioning the entire life trajectory he was on. Once a disciplined professional athlete, he had now been living recklessly and on the edge. Had he steered clear of drugs, he felt he would have used his common sense to not get himself into this predicament that could likely spell out his demise. This was his rock bottom. Remembering that he had a Ziploc bag of meth in his pocket, 
he dramatically emptied it out, knowing deep inside that this would be the end of his love affair with the poison. The symbolism was major for him, as he watched it all leave the bag, and then used that bag to retrieve water from the falls. But in that moment, things took a sudden turn for the worse. Standing over a sheet of ice with his board in hand, the floor below him would begin to crack, revealing the icy waters below. His board fell in, and then he would be swept in next. The athlete used his abilities to drag himself out and save his board in the process. But as he made his way to solid ground, yet another grim reality set in. Eric's socks were now frozen to his feet, and as he slowly peeled them off his body, he was stupefied at the black, orange, and purple colors his feet were entirely painted in. This was indeed confirmation that he was severely frostbitten. As the third day came, search and rescue teams were losing hope. Back in Eric's room, seeing his belongings like a backpack and survival tools made the emergency personnel suspicious. They knew that an experienced snowboarder like Eric would not leave so unprepared if setting out on a long sporting excursion. Not only was Eric's mother in a panic, but his friends who initially weren't worried now had a sudden change of heart regarding the trajectory of where their buddy was. More and more days would rack up for Eric Lamarck. He knew a ski resort was nearby, but the 3,000-foot vertical climb involved would be no easy feat. At some points, he would hear planes nearby, but Eric would go unnoticed. The cold was blistering, but also motivating for Eric. Craziest of all, he would have an encounter which he would describe as being with the Grim Reaper. It brought him to tears, crying for hours and wondering if he would survive. Six days in with practically no nourishment at all, he finally made it to the top of the mountain. The only things he would ingest to live were his own urine and seeds from pine cones, and those would leave him with rashes throughout his face, chest, arms, and back. For the first time all week, though, his exhausted body would now get some sleep. He described the two days that followed getting up the mountain as consisting mainly of sleep, with his body unable to take any more agony. His iPod was used as sparingly as possible to save what little was left of its battery life, and he tuned into the only radio station broadcasting to Mammoth Mountain. He couldn't believe his ears. A newscaster would report on a body recovery for a man missing at Mammoth Mountain, and he knew right away it was him, and wanted to shout that he wasn't dead. Choppers were in the sky but they flew by and seemed to miss him, until finally the help he had prayed for arrived. On day eight, a red chopper touched down. Eric then fell to his knees, cried out, and waved his hands. As the EMT approached Eric, the first thing he noticed were the high-tech snow boots the man wore. I could have used those, 
were the first words he blurted out to the man coming to his rescue. The EMT smiled and asked, Are you Eric Lamarck? Yes, Eric responded. The EMT would then ask him several other basic questions to make sure Eric's brain was fully functioning. Eric suddenly became annoyed. He was aware of what was going on and that this man was here to help, but he was on edge after such a horrific ordeal. The EMT would then give Eric instructions of how to climb into the chopper where they would then get him to a hospital. Relieved, Eric grabbed his snowboard and got ready to climb up. No, the EMT would tell him, the board would need to be left behind. They needed Eric fully present to climb on board the chopper, and carrying anything to do so would be unnecessary and could add problems. Somehow, this crushed Eric's spirit. That Burton snowboard was associated with so much to him in this past traumatic week. It saved his life from coyotes and allowed him to maneuver around to where he was finally discovered. He knew he needed to listen, though. So he took a deep breath, set it aside, and began to climb aboard. Eric would be quickly rushed to the Grossman Burn Center at Sherman Oaks Hospital, and immediately he needed his feet checked out by a medical professional, with them turning blacker with every day that passed. While examining him, the doctor felt no pulse coming from Eric's feet at all. To be even more sure of Eric's condition, while speaking with friends who came to see Eric in the hospital, the doctor stuck a needle right into Eric's foot, and he didn't flinch at all. It was apparent that amputation of Eric's feet would be medically necessary. After the surgery and initial recovery period, Eric spoke with reporters. I'll be snowboarding next season, Eric smiled from a wheelchair, optimistic for what would follow. Things would get worse, however, as time went on. Due to further complications, now Eric's legs would need to be amputated. As one could imagine, a man whose entire life and passions were predicated on snowboarding and ice hockey, this was a devastating blow. No longer focused on kicking his drug habit and more depressed than ever before, Eric managed to break into the morphine machine they had him on and increased the dosage. It was evident that Eric Lamarck would be facing a long road to recovery. Now sober several years later, Eric has managed to get back to being active through the help of medical innovation and technology despite the severity of his injuries. With his prosthetics, he can now even snowboard and play hockey. Eric is now a father, and he takes his son out with him as well. He has a revived passion for life, but when reflecting on his past, Eric has commented that the hardest part of recovery has been forgiving himself. I learned to put the little boy to bed, Eric was quoted as saying when discussing his drug use and prior struggles. In 2009, Five years after the event that would change his life, he teamed up with co-author Davin C. and penned the autobiography Crystal Clear, the inspiring story of how an Olympic athlete lost his legs due to crystal meth and found a better life. Then in 2017, a movie based on his story was released titled Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain, which corresponded with another book release. Eric is now a public speaker and is in high demand for telling his story to audiences that invite him to inspire.
Eric Lamarck's story is one of redemption and a cautionary tale that even those with fame, good looks, and money can struggle with demons that sabotage their life. Lamarck is lucky to be alive, and he admits that. His grit and perseverance are most definitely what allowed him to survive those eight strenuous days in the wild. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared, because you never know when you may find yourself in the wild. Thank you.